There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon. This is episode number 180, and today we are back with another rut radio episode in which we're getting from the field reports on the progress of the whitetail rut. And today, we've got updates from states such as Michigan, Tennessee, New York, Ohio, Minnesota, and more. Alright, welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast brought to you by Sitka Gear. And I'm excited to say that sweet November is here. The rut is finally, well, well, hopefully the rut is finally here. I think it should be because November is here. And this is one of our rut radio episodes, which is why I'm so excited about this. And if you're not familiar, on each of our rut radio episodes, we chat with a handful of different hunters from all across the country to hear about current deer behavior, current conditions, the progress of the rut, different things like that to find out what's happening right now and what we as deer hunters should be doing right now as well. So that's what we've been doing since the beginning of the hunting season and now it is November and the rut radio, I think the whole idea we had here is... um, is really going to be, I think, exceptionally helpful as we're trying to track that progress of what's happening across the country, what's happening in our neck of the woods. And uh, my buddy Spencer here, you are the man that helps make it all happen, right? And uh, how was how was uh, this past week for you out there shooting swans? Uh, just a lot of shooting swans. That's it. Yeah. I am still on the sidelines until we hit November as far as deer hunting, so I got to past time in other ways and that has been tundra swan hunting and waterfowl hunting do you, do you regret filling your tag so early and now you're missing out on the pre-rut and all this good stuff sometimes and then like i see that it's snowing out and 35 mile an hour winds I'm like this is okay i'm all right <laughs> yeah not to mention uh the deer you shot was was decent right it was okay yeah that makes it easy to to cope with too yeah that's good that's good well uh have you been hearing anything about what's happening in South Dakota, or have you noticed anything out driving around or trail cams? Do, do you have a rut radio report of any sort? Yeah, so both of those things you just mentioned, I have spent a lot of time 
checking cameras and just out glassing because I do have a rifle tag that comes up in about three weeks for this area. So I'm still interested in, in what the deer are doing. But trail cameras, um, number one thing is, is scrapes right now. They are on fire and we're getting some daylight movement on them as well. I, I don't know how long that'll last, that scrapes will be that productive. Uh, but right now is a good time. And then just movement. I've been seeing a lot more movement in the mornings. Uh, when I'm out driving around, you'll see bucks hanging out and cut bean fields at sunrise, which is a week ago, you know, unheard of for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I feel like we're seeing similar things in my neck of the woods too. Um, you know, I've been hunting for the last week. Um, most of that time has been in Michigan, although I spent two and a half days down in Southern Ohio too. Um, and in Michigan, it's been a little bit slower than I was expecting. Um, you know, we had that great cold front that hit last week that we talked about. Um, and I just, in my spots, I didn't see the increased activity I was expecting. Um, I still don't have any daylight photos of any mature bucks or Holyfield. Still haven't seen them. Well, I still hadn't seen them until um, a little something that happened tonight. Um but uh, the only thing I'd seen otherwise had been some two-year-olds and, and one-and-a-half-olds bumping a few does around, but um, pretty minimal on that front. So um, that said, I think things are, you know, things are starting to shift. Um, tonight I did see another two-and-a-half-year-old chasing, and um, I, I'm going to keep this minimal because I'll go into the whole story in the next episode of the podcast, um, but I'll throw a little teaser out. I did... I think have an encounter with Holyfield tonight. It was very, very brief. Um, but in that brief few seconds, I'm about 90% sure I did see him tonight. Um, during daylight, couple hours before dark. So that's a really good sign, um, of hopefully much more, um, or many more good things to come here soon. Who, so that, who is Holyfield again? <laughs> he's this he's this one buck that I kind of have been hunting for a little while <laughs> uh-huh. that uh, probably everybody listening to the podcast is just sick of hearing about. So <laughs> I just need to get that hunt done and over with so people can move on to something more interesting, I think. Um, that's right. But, uh, but that's Michigan. And um, uh, am I allowed to give an Ohio rut report, even though that's not my home state? Yeah, we will hear some more Ohio later, but let's uh, compare – your report to theirs. All right. So my my little uh, Cliff Notes version of the Ohio report from what I was seeing um, was I was seeing some cruising bucks. Um, I had one evening where I saw three different bucks cruising, all probably three-year-olds or older. Um, and then yesterday morning I saw a three- or four-year-old buck cruising late in the morning, um, a, ni- a pretty nice buck that I passed on. So that was good to see decent bucks up on their feet moving. Um the first night it was probably about and I saw the first one about an hour before dark and then the second two around half hour before dark and then that buck I passed yesterday that was a couple hours after daylight he was still on his feet moving around um so I think that makes sense this is kind of that time of year where you start you're seeing those bucks cruising around late in the morning checking doe bedding areas and everything and that was exactly where I was at I was tight to a thick nasty patch of cover that lots of does tend to bed in and he was cruising through there, checking it out. So that kind of is exactly what you'd expect to see. So that that was basically the extent of um, what was going on for me. I do have a mature buck on trail camera in daylight down there. Um, twice in the last week I had him. 
So that's another sign of these deer starting to get a little more active. And let me take that back. There was another picture of him during daylight. Um, the the timestamp was wrong on the camera, so I'm not exactly sure when it was. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was within the last week and a half if I like tried to backdate it. Um, so yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah, and uh, like the best sign for me that the rod is here is that it is really hard to get people on the phone because everybody <laughs> is either in a tree stand or on their way to a tree stand. Yeah. But who we did uh, connect with this week was David Giarizzo with Tag and Bragg in New York and then Byron Horton with the Whitetail Experience in Ohio. Then we have Jeff Simpson with Sitka Gear in Kansas. Then we have Jake Terry, an outdoor photographer from Tennessee. And then we talked to Alex Comstock of Whitetail DNA in Minnesota. Excellent. Well, sounds like a good slate of states for us to cover. Um, I'm interested to hear what everyone's seeing. Any big takeaways after you've talked with everybody now? Or are you going to make us wait? Well, uh, another thing to, to listen for this week, I guess, is besides the, the regular questions of on a scale of 1 to 10 thing, I also asked everybody what their ideal setup is for like this coming weekend in, in a hypothetical where we get a cold front and there's a, a north wind on November 4th, a Saturday. Like, What is your ideal rut setup? Um, and I, I think that's fun to hear because I have in my head like what my ideal rut setup is. And I think a lot of people envision their own, you know, what tree they want to be in. So it was fun to hear um, what these five had to say. What, what would you say your mark ideal rut setup is? Ignoring that holy field is, is in the picture. If you were hunting like Ohio right now or uh, anything else in Michigan that wasn't holy field specific, what would be like your ideal November 4 hunt look like? Well, in a perfect world, I'd like to be um, a morning hunt. Um, I'd like to be tucked right up tight to the downwind side of a doe bedding area that also happens to be a bit of a pinch point. If you can get a pinch, if you, if you can get a terrain funnel of some sort, oh geez, I'm knocking my mic around here. If you if you can get those two things combined, a little tightening down of cover or something like that to pinch down movement and then also have that be downwind of doe bedding, that's like an absolute dynamite rut hunting setup. So I, I, if I can like try to think of a setup of my own like this. Um, okay, I kind of do have a good setup like this. So there is, on, on one of these Michigan farms I hunt, um, there's a big swamp and then there's a sort of a ridge of high ground along the far edge of this swamp. And then on the other side of the um, of that ridge is open field, an open field. So what you basically have is there's this wide open field, then there's like a 40-yard strip of high ground, and then you've got thick, swampy water and stuff. So what happens is there's great doe bedding just on the edge of that high ground in the swamp. So there's a bunch of bedding going on right there. And then because there's that open field on the other side, you basically have all the movement downwind of that doe bedding here squeezed into that little 35 to 40 yard stretch of high ground. So I can hunt there with a west wind. So it blows from the doe bedding area out to me and out across that open field. And all these bucks come down and they start cruising that edge in the mornings when they're coming back, checking those bedding areas. Um, and it's, it's kind of a bulletproof set from a wind standpoint because I can blow my wind straight onto that open field that very few deer are going into. Um, and then, you know, it's got those, the, both of those two things going for it. It's got the doe bedding and it funnels down that deer movement into a small area. So I can get a shot at basically anything that tries to go through there. Um, so that's the spot I'm planning on hunting, you know, over the next week and a half here. Or so when I get that, that, 
you know, the wind I'm waiting for. So that's what I would go for. What would you do, Spencer? Uh, I would primarily focus on the same thing that you're looking for as far as doe bedding. But my setup would look like um, where a hunter's a horseshoe in the river and at the back of the horseshoe is where a lot of the deer bed um but typically i don't push back there until november so if it was coming up on november 4 for me and i still had a tag um i'd be hunting in in the middle of that horseshoe where there's sure to be a lot of traffic um and and likely try to stick it out all day if possible but for sure there in the morning um and and that's similar to a lot what a lot of these guys are looking for um, two things pinch points and does so is a great thing to focus on, you know, as we go into this weekend. Yeah, it's it's not, you know, hunting the rut isn't rocket science. There's just a couple core things to think about, which we just talked about there. And then it's just a matter of can you put in the time? Can you tough it out and be out there for long hours and just wait till the opportunity presents itself? So I think that's what we all got to do, right? Yeah, and unless you have a, another Don Higgins interview for this week, I think let's get in the podcast don is done shooting 200 inch bucks so yes let's let's carry on and uh hopefully next week i'll have a good holyfield story for you or something all right talk to you then mark before we get to our first update though let's pause to thank our sponsors at sitka gear and for this week's sitka story we're joined by sitka athlete jeff simpson who tells us about a public land whitetail hunt where he tagged a booner while wearing his tennis shoes it was a couple years back i think it was november 18th actually um that i was out chasing uh, i had a couple big deer on on trail camera that were actually on some public ground here in kansas and we've been waiting for a cold front to hit it was staying pretty warm but i was picking those two deer up quite a bit and uh got up real early headed out there it was about a three-hour drive to get out there got all the way into to the point where i parked and started to, to get ready to walk in and realized that um i'd forgotten my boots um i had all this all the gear in the world, of course, was Sitka to stay warm on a cold day, but um, lo and behold, I forgot my boots. But anyway, I slipped into the stand with with, with the tennis shoes on, and um, I think I had my Fanatic bibs on and unzipped. And luckily for me, by the time I got up the tree and zipped my pants up, I had heard something and looked up and saw a doe um, kind of making its way to me, and right behind her was the buck I was chasing. So uh, they came in nice and quick, and I was able to make a good shot. He ended up going down about 20 yards from my tree and uh, never even got to put my jacket on. But luckily, my feet stayed warm and uh, and everything else worked out pretty well. On Jeff's hunt, he was wearing Sitka's Fanatic system. If you'd like to create a Sitka story of your own or to learn more about Sitka's technical hunting apparel, visit SitkaGear.com. All right, and joining us on the line first is David Giarizzo in New York from Team Tag and Brag. Now, David, in New York, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, man, the buck activity, probably about an 8. Um, there's a lot of lot of younger bucks cruising right now and a lot of 2- uh, and 3-year-olds that, you know, that we're seeing that we don't typically see. Um, and the reason I say an 8 and not anything higher than that right now is just because we haven't seen a ton. Of, we haven't seen, like, the mature buck, you know, the 4-, 5-, 6-year-old bucks on their feet um at least this past week in the daylight there's a lot of trail camera videos of them on scrapes but nothing in the daylight yet um but the younger bucks are on their feet it seems like all day long and looking begging hoping for that first doe to come into estrus 
Well, are you picking up any new bucks yet uh, this time of year, or is it still kind of the same group of deer you've been seeing all fall? No, you know what? It's it's pretty crazy. It's it's probably about 60-40 to bucks that we saw all summer compared to new bucks that are on here now. That are that, you know, and that's just trail camera stuff that we're seeing, um, and 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 a few new bucks that we just randomly see while we're in the woods. But uh, we've had a lot of new bucks move into the area a couple really big bucks move into the area so we're really excited about that now how about with sign making um do you still see bucks that are working rubs and scrapes um or or are they doing it as much as they were you know a week ago yeah yeah if 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 not um even more than they were a week ago i mean with new york being a little bit more north i don't know you know how that kind of shifts the movement but it seems like over this last week, the the scrape activity has literally picked up every day, um, and and to where it's gotten more daylight every day, more more like even towards the middle of the day hours, you know that eleven to two o'clock hours and stuff. Um, so so yeah, the scrape activity right now I think is at its peak, at least by us up in New York. How about with uh, the deer movement that you've been seeing in person? As far as have you seen any bucks that are really dogging some does, or have you seen bucks fighting it? Yeah, we've we've seen uh, the 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 bucks. If if we're sitting on a food plot or even in the hardwoods, um, and there's two bucks, uh, you know, in the area together, they're they're banging horns together at least a little bit, um, and it really seems like the does are not ready at all, and the bucks are just literally begging for somebody to be ready um the bucks are chasing the does all over the place tormenting the the crap out of them you know but there's no none of the does are in estrus yet so they'll kind of you know check a group and run them around for five ten minutes whatever and then get lost and going to try and find another group or if we're on a food plot you know they'll they'll be running five or six on one side of the food plot and then all of a sudden you know, they'll move to the other just to see if, you know, see if anybody's ready yet. But the bucks seem to be ready, like beyond belief, and the does are not anywhere near yet. Let's talk about this coming weekend, um, That around that November 4th time period. Let's say that we get a cold front and uh, you are going to be in your absolute best stand. Uh, tell me about that setup. What is your best rut setup look like? Um. You know, we, we've got this spot up in New York we call Four Corners, and it's it's kind of set up in the hardwoods up on the top of this ridge. And what I like about it is it's just it's just a main travel area between bed and food, and and it and it's kind of big picture. It's a huge travel area between the neighboring properties and ours. So what I like about it most is you're when you see the deer, you're not going to see them for a long time, but but especially in the rut, if we got a cold front and you know the, a lot of these bucks are going to be on their feet, it is a major cruising area. We've seen a lot more activity in this last week in the hardwoods as opposed to sitting on the food plots um, like we were a little bit earlier in the season. So my perfect scenario is going to be up on that ridge, you know, up on a big ridge where these deer are cruising back and forth, you know, from bedding area to bedding area, just, just checking does. Well, going forward then in this next week or so, David, what do you think the buck activity is going to look on a scale of 1 to 10 in New York? You know, I think this week coming up is going to be the best week 
of the year personally because the Bucks are not going to be like lockdown chasing, but they are going to be like the, the energy is going to be ramped up for them to want to find a doe. Um, and, the, and you may get, you know, one or two of the does that are just starting to come in. So if you have a hot doe in the area, it's going to, I think it's going to explode. Um, I think the buck activity is going to ramp up more to like a nine, uh, maybe even a 10, but this week of the, this week of the season is my personal favorite week of the year. And based off of the interaction that we saw this past week, um, that's really been the, the biggest, the, the most pre-rut activity that we've seen on our land up in New York, probably ever. Um, I have, a, I have high anticipations going into this week. All right, David, we'll see you in your guys' trail cam pictures. I'm confident that Tag and Bragg will get something done. So good luck and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Spencer. I appreciate you having us on. All right, and joining us on the line next out of Ohio is Byron Horton, the owner of Whitetail Experience. Now, Byron, in Ohio, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I'd say over the weekend, we definitely got into the 6.5 range. We were starting to see morning movement on bucks uh, when you're able to jump into bedding areas real early, um, starting to see them kind of cruise around a little bit. Obviously, uh, trail cam sightings, we're starting to get a few daytime photos. Uh, in the evenings, we're starting to see uh, a lot of two-and-a-half-year-olds starting to cruise. Um, and Obviously, all of the uh, smaller bucks are, are on their feet as well, looking lost and just looking for love. So any mature buck movement then out of Ohio there that you've witnessed? As far as personally, the, the best mature buck movement I saw was uh, Saturday night, uh, about two hours before, you know, um, sundown. I was getting into a set and I actually had a doe blowing at me before I was able to get my standing sticks up. And she sat there and blew for, oh, three to five minutes, just not getting my wind, but definitely saw me walking in. And sure enough, I saw a three-and-a-half-year-old cross a ridge at about 60, 70 yards. No real concern for, for the threat she was seeing, but he knew there was a doe there, and he was definitely in to check her out. And uh, he actually took off after her um, oh, her exit trail um, after everything kind of settled down. So that's kind of my first real good sighting of the year. Well, Byron, you hunt a lot of public ground there in Ohio, and how do things change for you come the rut on that public ground versus if you were hunting private? Yeah, the public ground, especially here, we've noticed in the last just few days, we're seeing a lot more license plates from out-of-state guys. We're seeing more tire tracks in and out of the common parking lot. So at this point, it's the years of scouting, knowing areas that don't get hit as often, and finding more of these overlooked-type areas. Um, sometimes you got to go deeper. Sometimes you got to um, – I'm planning on taking a boat in uh, this weekend, so trying to separate ourselves from the average individual. Well, with that said then, uh, let's say this weekend, like November 4th, we get a good cold front, and you're going to be in your absolute best setup. What does that look like as far as stand location, time of day, um, topography, stuff like that? It's going to be definitely an early entrance into an area near a doe bedding area. Uh, I'd like to be on the downwind side. Um, In a perfect world, I'd even be on maybe a military crest where I could maybe catch um, cruising from downwind and maybe, you know, having a deer work in a, both a thermal and the, um, the wind tunnel effect in a very perfect world. <laughs> I'm not sure that scenario I've got, but that's where I'd love to be. Well, what does the sign making look like in Ohio that you've seen? Have things picked up or slowed down as far as scrapes and rubs? 
Scrapes are definitely uh, a hot place to be. We're catching a few daytime trail cam picks on, on that end. Uh, I personally saw a two-and-a-half-year-old work a rub on Saturday night, oh, probably hour and a half before sundown. So they're definitely starting to make their rounds, and, and that sign is definitely picking up. Well, you've referenced trail cameras a couple times. Um, where do you have them at now, and will that change any time in these next couple weeks as far as trail cam location? Yeah, I've placed a few cameras, obviously, over scrapes in October. Some of the cameras we're pulling now have been placed in, in bedding area, uh, in an entrance and access routes that we placed in August. And now on the first entry um, into those locations, we're pulling and seeing what may be using those areas over oh, the, the, the October period. Going forward now in this next week or so, Byron, what do you think that buck activity is going to look like on a scale of 1 to 10 in Ohio? Oh, I think it's going to ramp up. We've got a couple of front systems pushing through, so temperatures are staying low. Uh, we've also got some precipitation, so uh, deer do love to get up and move after those, those fronts come through. So i got to think we're going to get into the 7-8, uh, some of the best activity of the year for sure. Well, good luck, Byron, in the Buckeye State, and I look forward to seeing some pictures from the Whitetail experience. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Spencer. All right, and joining us on the line next is Sitka athlete and Yeti athlete Jeff Simpson out of Kansas. Now, Jeff, in Kansas, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Oh, I'd have to go with probably a a 6 right now. It's the time of year where we're all pretty excited. We've got some cold fronts moving in, but it's also warming up in the days in between, and it it really depends on when you catch it. you know, it, it can be really good, but it can also be really slow this time of year because one little thing that triggers them to lay down and, and they, uh, they typically will. So there's not a lot of hot does running around yet. Um, if any, um, there's very few. So if they don't have a lot of reason to move around during the daylight hours right now, because they know, they know the main events coming. So you think a good weather front right now would get them moving around a little more though? Yeah, I think it is. It's, it's actually snowing here today in Kansas. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting here in my office watching my uh, trail cameras light up. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're moving around a little bit. There's been a lot of activity from a lot of younger deer, a lot of does. Um, but I'm still that upper age class is not real active. Um, but with that said, um, over the last week, I have seen a lot of tines getting broken off on that, that middle age group, that 140, 150 inch class deer. Um, they're all starting to break some tines. So I think everybody's starting to get a little serious. Speaking of that, Jeff, would you do any calling right now if if you were hunting? We're speaking on Halloween right now. Would you be using any rattling or, or grunting if you were out? Well, if anyone knows me, they know that I can scare any deer in the country with rattling. So I don't care what time of the year it is. I don't rattle. That's personal preference. Um, I, you know, I will grunt. I will snort wheeze, and I feel like you can almost use that from now all the way to. Um, Thanksgiving, somewhere in there, pretty easy. And you can grunt all your, your all your long at them. Snort weed can get you in trouble if you're doing it too early or too late. But um, the one thing I do right now is uh, it's prime prime time for a decoy. So I will put a decoy out from now, probably in the next 10, 15 days, or maybe not even that long at this point. But um, I do like to run a decoy right now. Well, tell me what that decoy setup uh, would look like. Is it a single buck decoy or are you using a pair of, of decoys? It, it kind of depends. Um, I like using a buck decoy, but a buck decoy can uh, can make and break you. Um, I had one of my largest typicals I could have ever shot coming right to me, and the, the doe in front of him hated my duck, buck decoy, and he, <laughs> he followed her as she ran off snorting at me. So 
you know, it can break your heart, but it can also, I've had it work really well to where they come right in. If they're cruising alone and you can give them that grunt call and get them to look, and then they have a visual cue as well, you've got a really good chance of them coming over. Now, let's say we get a cold front this weekend, like on November 4th, and there's a 10-mile-an-hour north wind. Uh, where are you going to be sitting, Jeff, and what does that setup look like? This time of year, you know, pretty much all all times of year. I, I really, I'm a timber rat. Um, I've only killed one or two deer on the edge of a field. Um, so most of my deer have come in the timber. I like getting, getting in there and finding the shelves and finding the pinch points and finding areas that they feel really comfortable and move around. Um, it seems like when they're my food plots or when they're out in alfalfa fields or when I catch them out in big ag fields, they're always on edge and they, they almost treat it like geese. You know, they, they stay away from the edges and they stay out in the middle. Um, I've had a lot of really nice bucks stand right out in the middle of fields and, and really never got a shot at them with a bow. So um, I like to get in where they're at, where I can get them into tight quarters. Another thing is I think that allows you to call better. Um, you start calling at them, grunting at them or anything else in the field. If you're not running a decoy, they have no visual cue. So it, it can, uh, sometimes that just gets up to your location. Well, Jeff, do you put any stock in what the moon is doing this time of year as we go into November? Yeah, I look at it. Um, you know, this, this Saturday is a full moon. So, you know, you, you look at it and you kind of base it off of temperature um, and everything else, what kind of sky you have, if you've got clouds, if it's clear. And you, you can, they're going to move no matter what. So um, the survival of the species depends on the rut. So <laughs> they're not going to skip out on it. Um, it's just a matter of if they're going to do it during the daylight hours, if they're going to do it at night and with a full moon, you know, I really like that late morning sit. Um, seems like that early sit sometimes is really slow because they've already bedded up, but you know, if you can get in there, I like to slip into my stand somewhere around nine o'clock and sit, sit to one or two. And, uh, during full moon phases, I, I like to do that a lot. Now going forward in the next week or so, Jeff, what do you think the buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Kansas? Oh, I think we'll creep up to a seven, a solid seven, maybe a, maybe an eight. Um, I think we're still a good 10 days away from it getting really good. So if you look at the wind and uh, you look at the, the tendencies, you, you, know, you can get a 15-day forecast and, and look at that um, and with the moon and kind of everything that's going on. I think we're this Sunday we're predicted to be almost 80 degrees, so it's going to shut everything off really bad. So it'll take eh, – take a good three or four days of cold weather to kind of kick that back off but once it gets going i think it'll ramp up pretty quick so i'd say next week we're looking okay the week after that we're probably looking really good all right jeff well i hope uh, you get to spend more time in a tree and less time launching websites in the next couple weeks and good luck that's why we're doing it today <laughs> yeah thank you bye all right and joining me on the line next is jake terry an outdoor photographer from tennessee now, Jake, in Tennessee, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Hey, Spencer, thanks for having me. Uh, I would have to rate the activity <clears throat> um, right at about a 7 right now. Um, it's, it's just jumped up to a 7 here lately, but I would have to go with 7. <clears throat> so in, in the last week here, what I've really been noticing, um, so we got a cold snap here in Middle Tennessee last week um, that put the lows down in the upper 30s. Um, it had been pretty slow activity up until that point. Um, this was about five days ago. The deer activity after that, of course, skyrocketed. Um, that's when I started seeing new bucks on, on you know, most of my cameras. Um, started getting daytime pics of um, lots of my younger bucks, two-and-a-half and, and three-and-a-half-year-old deer, um, in the daytime on, on scrapes and scrape lines. Um, started 
started seeing a lot of those newer bucks showing up. Still haven't had any of my shooters, but I would say um, older deer <clears throat> are still mostly nighttime activity. Um, but that, that's kind of where I'm where I'm coming from the last four or five days, just going from um, that cold spell that that happened last week really bumped it up to a to what I would call a seven. Um, it's it's not not prime yet, but it's really all the scrapes are are wide open. Um, a lot of buck activity. Um, just still those three and a half and younger bucks, in my opinion, um, is, is kind of what I'm seeing. I've noticed the last four or five days out of stands, most of those younger bucks, those two and a half and three and a half year old deer, are being um, you know super call responsive is one thing I'm seeing. So most of them definitely want to come inspect a grunt call right now. Um, seeing a lot of the smaller bucks, of course, that's some of the smaller bucks been pushing do- uh, does around for, you know, for probably two weeks now, but, um, especially in the last four or five days, a lot of that happening. Let's talk about those scrape lines for a minute. Um, you said they're really starting to open up and are those like field edge scrapes or are you seeing some stuff along pinch points in the timber? Or what yeah, like? I've really been seeing it, really been seeing the field edge scrapes, you know, you know, for some time, those are, those are the ones that you'll, seems like you'll always notice first. Um, but going into some of those little deeper areas, those pinch points and, and kind of surrounding those, those bedding areas without going, without going too far into them, um, you know, I've got some cell cams and things hung over some of those scrapes in those wooded areas and starting to see a lot of that daylight activity in the woods. I'm not necessarily seeing that daylight activity on those field edges yet. Um, still a lot of nighttime activity on those and newer bucks are showing up on those scrapes, but I'm still seeing, um, you know, most of that in timber and whether, you know, it'd be uh, pinch points are kind of uh, the edges of, of thick cover where it opens into, um, you know, some prettier hardwoods that have a lot of acorns right now. Well, Jake, let's talk about this coming weekend. Let's say we get a cold snap and, you know, there's a, a north wind on like September, or excuse me, November 4th. What is your rut setup going to look like? Are you going to be hunting all day? Are you hunting near bedding? What are you going to be doing there? Yeah, um, unfortunately the re- reality is probably that that's not going to happen but i wish but it, and if that happened um my go-to on november 4th um i would crash into some of my better spots that are going to be on the edges of bedding um you know and i'm i'm i've got to be in stand all day if it's november 4th if it's november 4th and you see that kind of cold front um you know it's definitely something i want to spend as much time in, as possible um, you know, this week coming up and, and the 10 days coming up is kind of everything we dream about and talk about all year. Um, so I'm going to spend as, as many hours in the stand as possible because um, those daylight pictures of activity that I've kind of been seeing these last five days are, are just going to multiply over these next few days. And, and like I said, I, a cold front, of course, you know, we all know is going to uh, help even that much more. So Sticking with talking about these next couple of days, um, what do you think this next week is going to look like in Tennessee on a scale of one to ten for buck activity? I'm hoping that it jumps up from a seven that we're going to be in an eight or nine. Uh, the the only thing I'm worried about a little bit as far as activity goes would would be you know this next week the the forecast right now and of course that that seems like it changes all the time these days but all of us that are hunters are, are kind of uh, you know part time weather weather men also but it's looking pretty warm right now um, but because of the the days that are are coming up I, I believe there's still going to be good activity. Um, and with the moon phase and everything, I, I still can believe that it's going to be an eight or nine, um, going into, going into this next week. 
Um, I, th- I think this, these next seven days are some of my favorite to hunt, uh, as a, as I'm sure that, uh, it's the same for a lot of, a lot of us. All right, Jake. Well, I hope you get that cold front and good luck in Tennessee. Thank you. I appreciate that. Good luck to you guys too. All right. And joining us on the line next is the founder of Whitetail DNA, Alex Comstock. Now, Alex in Minnesota, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to 10? I'd say overall, it's probably been somewhere around a two or a three. It's been uh, pretty dead out there. Yeah. I just haven't been able, I just haven't been seeing uh, any mature bucks. I mean, younger bucks and some dope movement, but it's really just been pretty dead, even with the cold front that we just recently got. Well, everyone else I've talked to, Alex, is, you know, said upwards of seven or eight. Why do you think it's been so dead uh, for you in Minnesota? You know, I think it might be even uh, me, not everyone else, just because I just moved back to Minnesota and I'm kind of behind the game a little bit, trying to play catch up. Um, I do know a couple guys in the area that shot bucks recently, so maybe the buck activity has been a little higher for others, but I think uh, hopefully in the next week I can start to figure things out. I've been kind of just bouncing around um, like between doe bedding areas or where I perceive to be doe bedding areas, kind of like little pinch points. I've done about 90% running guns, um, so kind of just trying to focus on the does right now. I mean, we're trying to the next couple of weeks is going to be more and more. I'm going to be focusing on the does more and more. All right, Alex. Well, I know you've been um, hunting two very different setups, one of them being the big woods, the other one some urban hunts. Uh, how have those differed for you here at the end of October? Yeah, the, the urban hunting has been, in, my, in the city, it's been a little more deer movement, but out in the big woods it's just been, I mean, cameras are showing all nighttime. And so I'm hoping that in the next, really next weekend and the next week or so that the, the big woods is going to start to get better because we did some scouting and hung some stands out there with, I mean, there was just tons and tons of rubs and scrapes. So I know they're there. What going forward in this weekend, like November 4th, say we get a good cold front and a you know 10 mile an hour north wind. What is your ideal setup uh, around Duluth on that public land and those urban hunts? I'm going to try to get between two doe bedding areas and some type of funnel or pinch point where I'm perceiving bucks to be traveling, trying to check out going from one bedding area to the next, and I'd buckle in and just sit all day. Yeah, I think what sometimes people just forget about is really the does drive the rut. I mean, you know, I know a few guys that are asking me that, you know, they haven't had any mature buck pictures and where should they hunt. And, you know, I always say just where the does are, the bucks are going to be, especially in the next couple of weeks. So that'd be like my big thing. Well, you talked about your trail cameras a little bit. What are those focused on right now? Are you looking at scrapes or, or just on trails? Yeah, I still have all my cameras pretty much over scrapes. Um, I'll probably start to transition some of those into funnels, but I really don't rely on trail cameras as much as I do earlier in the year during the rut. It's more historical and just trying to get in those funnels and pinch points and kind of your classic rut setups. Will you try any calling in that time period as far as grunting, snort wheezes, rattling? Yeah, I'm usually pretty hesitant on the blind calling, but I will, especially once we get into the you know, first, second week in November, I'll definitely do some rattling sequences and some grunting and whatnot. So it can definitely work. Well, going forward in early November here, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Minnesota? I hope in this next first week or so we of November we can get it up to a 6 or 7, or at least what I'm seeing. I think temperatures are supposed to be staying cold. 
we already have snow on the ground up here, so I'd like to think that these bucks are going to start chasing here pretty soon. All right, Alex, well, good luck in Minnesota. If, if you can't get it down there, then I hope North Dakota works out for you. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much. <laughs> and that concludes this week's episode of Wired Hunt Raw Radio. At the end of this week, I am hopping on a plane to go to Texas and hunt deer, so my early November is going to be very different than ones of the past. However, I'm excited to hear how everyone in the Midwest does, so you can hit us up on Facebook at Wired to Hunt. You can hit up Mark on Instagram at Wired to Hunt. You can check me out on Instagram at Spencer Newharth. And we thank you guys for listening. We also thank our sponsors at Sitka, Whitetail Properties, Whitetail Institute, Hontera, Matthews, Maven, Yeti, and Trophy Ridge. And as always, stay wired to hunt. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.